This is the Man Up Podcast, the doctor's guide to men's health. Each week on our podcast, we interview the top specialists of the field on various topics in men's health. You have questions that you are too afraid to ask? We have the answers. Justin, timely episode for us, at least at the time of this recording. It's Thanksgiving week. What's your plans, man? Yeah, uh, Thanksgiving week. I plan on going home, seeing the family back in Jersey. Oh, nice. Going to eat a lot of bad food. Oh. A lot of unhealthy food. Oh, you know, man. Tis the season, right? Kev, yeah. what are you going to do? Uh, I'll actually be seeing my family. Uh, we're all meeting up in New York. Also going to be, you know, binging on some food. You know, probably not the healthiest food, but uh, going to be eating quite a lot, you know. Right. And, and this is a good conversation to have. We're going to be talking about healthy diet, healthy options, healthy habits. Because right now, this is where, you know, Thanksgiving, the holidays, we're going to just be eating like crap for a while, honestly. But when it comes down to it, we want to start developing those those healthier habits when we come out of this time, or we may actually get some tips on how to kind of cut calories and, and have some healthier options in these situations too. So I'm very excited for, for the talk today. Yeah, I agree, Justin. I mean, it's it's all about making like good habits, right? You know, life, especially with diet, it's, it's, it's about good habits. And it, I'll tell you, it's one of the hard things for me to keep a good one in because, you know, I break into those cycles where I'm just wondering, what am I doing with myself? You know? so. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, this is the hardest part. So I think if we can get some tics, trips, blah, 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 yeah. tips and tricks, yeah. we will be much better off. So Absolutely. I'm very excited to introduce uh, Kara Axelrod, she's a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and a sports nutritionist. She's uh, in private practice at Your Dietitian for Life. You can find her um, at, at, at her practice. Thanks, Kara. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to get chatting today right before Thanksgiving and, you know, hopefully leave everyone with some healthy habits and so we don't feel too full going into the next holiday. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. So let's start it off. Now, for most guys, what do you think is the biggest dietary mistake that we make? I'm sure there's a lot, but maybe you can name a couple for us. Yes, of course. So most men that I work with, I'm seeing the same problem over and over again. That can be skipping breakfast, running out of the house, and then grabbing whatever they can find, then working super hard all day long. Maybe they have a 10 minute break to eat lunch. Maybe they're skipping lunch. By the time the afternoon, evening rolls around, then they're starving, they get home and it's just the floodgates open. They open up the fridge, they get everything. And the calories just are, are consumed so, so many calories at that point. And then, you know, they watch Monday night football, have some beers, some popcorn, some chips, and it's just calorie overload. So really not having any structure or you know thought of what they're doing throughout the day and just in that grab and go get whatever and not really having any kind of plan which is what i'm seeing most men struggle with lately that, that sounds like my day yesterday Monday night football, day had a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> so then how do, how do we how do we fix this so like you're saying i i should wake up i should have something and, and, you know, this idea of just like grabbing whatever is obviously not good, but, but maybe what are some good grab and go kinds of foods? What's a healthy option for people like us on the run, the, the patients that you talk about that are on the run? 
Absolutely. I really like that question. And that's something I talk about a lot with my clients as well, because realistically, we're all busy, we're all running around and we can't plan and have the perfect diet every single day of our life. So I am actually really big on having your go-to items, whether it's a protein bar, some fruit with you, Greek yogurt, um, and then understanding what kind of options when you are out at maybe a restaurant, a gas station, like what you can get that's going to be calorie controlled, portion controlled, and a healthy option. So if we're talking about breakfast, like starting the day off right, I really like smoothies. I think they're great. One minute in the blender, some protein powder, some milk, some fruit, boom, one second, you're done. Or, or a protein bar. They have some really good ones on the market right now. And we can talk about that a little bit yeah, later. Yeah, just quickly about, yeah, all right. Well, we're already there. Like what, oh, okay. what am I looking for in a protein bar? Just, just quickly. So you definitely want to have low sugar. So probably under five grams of sugar, okay. maybe around two to 300 calories. 15 to 20 grams of protein with the fat. I'm not really too concerned. There's no like number you should be looking for, but something that's going to be balanced. So it's going to have some, some protein, some fiber, low sugar and moderate calories. And you definitely want to stay away from anything that when you look at the nutrition label is like very, very processed. And if there's artificial sweeteners in there, you might also have like a really hard time digesting it and you can get stomachache and bloating. So um, look for ones that are more sweetened with like uh, stevia or erythritol. That's one of the better ones that, than some sorbitols. That's great info because I'm not going to lie. I go into the store and I, I look over and I see all the like kind of buff guys looking at the label and I'm looking at the label, <laughs> but I got no idea what I'm looking for, but I'm looking at it. I'm, you know, I'm just looking at it just to, you know, it, but thank you for that information. That was very helpful. Now I know what to look for. Yeah, there's so many on the market now, yeah. these days. It is. It can be tricky to navigate, but you know that's why just making sure the calories are moderate, the protein's high, and uh, sugar is low. Nice. All right. So look, uh, you know, one of the things that I battle is that if I'm trying to lose weight, I can't decide in my head what's more important. Is it is it diet or is it exercise? I'm with you, Kev, on this one. I mean, I, and we, we talk about it with our patients too, right? Like, so this is actually important for us to counsel patients as well. Yeah, so diet is always, always, always going to be the most important thing instead mm. of exercise. Even if somebody is on the treadmill for an hour a day, but still not focused on their diet, it's just never going to work. And, you know, I hear it all the time as well. Like, I'm trying to lose weight, so I parked in the back of the parking lot and I'm walking, you know, a few extra steps. And I'm just like, that's been such a myth, like thrown around for so long. But the re the reality of it is that parking at the end of the parking lot and walking in is going to burn like six calories. So <laughs> mm. it's, it's so insignificant. And then just paying attention to your diet more and controlling it more is going to have such a greater effect on your overall weight loss and health than thinking you can out-exercise a bad diet. If you had to put it to a percent, like diet and exercise, like it combined as a hundred percent for weight loss, what percent would you give it for like exercise versus diet? I don't know if that's a hard question or not. Well, it depends if you, we're talking about like elite athletes, that's a little bit different, but just for the right. average everyday person, I would say like 85, 15. Wow. You know, 90, you, Justin, 80, yeah. 
it, it, unless you're like good. an Olympic athlete, you know, swimming eight hours a day or competitive, you know, yeah, neither me or swimming. Justin are there. No, definitely not us. <laughs> but definitely general not. population, yeah, the diet's going to be way, more, way, way, way more important. All right. All right. So, you know, everyone, and, and you were kind of talking about it in the beginning, like inclu- everyone, including myself, you know, sometimes you're, you're after dinner. You want to like a late night snack, maybe before bed. And I always, there's like, the, I don't know if it's a wives tale or it's a fact, like eating like an hour or two before going to bed is even worse for you. Yeah. My wife tells like, me that like, all the time. Right. Like the calories count more for whatever reason. Is that true? Is there like a certain amount of time that we should be not eating before we go to bed? You know, for example, we have patients and they pee a lot when they go to bed. We tell them, oh, two to three hours, right. don't drink anything. Is it similar for eating stuff in terms of cal- caloric intake or of if it's being stored in your body or anything? Yeah, so I, I completely disagree with that. And I think Ooh. that myth started a long time ago when you, know, you would just think rationally, if you're eating right before bed and you're sleeping, you're not being active, you're not burning the calories, so they're automatically going to be stored. But the reality is we need to look at days as like a 24 hour window. So think about your total daily calorie intake for that 24 hour period. So if you're working really late and instead of having dinner at six o'clock, now you have to have dinner at nine or 10 o'clock, but you're still getting your balanced protein carbs, you know, it's not going to matter. And, and similarly with the snacking, you know, let's say, let's say your body needs, you know, 2,200 calories to maintain and you've eaten 2,100 calories and now it's 10 o'clock at night and you want another hundred calorie, something, you know, whatever kind of snack, totally fine. It really makes no difference. Now on the opposite side of that, if your calorie, you know, for the day, you need 2,200 calories to maintain and then it's 10, 11 o'clock at night and you've eaten 2,200 calories and now you're eating chips and candy and popcorn and Mm. now you're at 3,000 calories then you're gonna have a problem with over time putting on weight just because of the fact that you're having an excess calorie intake but not necessarily because of the fact that you're like eating past seven so to answer your question you know it's you know it's multifaceted it depends what you're eating how much you're eating but in general I never tell my patients any kind of time limit where they just like done for the day so, so on that note, on the, the, the actual what we're eating, yeah. you, know, you know, for the longest time, I think, you know, Justin has told me that he really likes sun chips because he told me that they were really healthy because they're you know, low fat okay. or fat free on the, on the, on the front of the <laughs> yeah. back. You know, I see him in the cafeteria. That's what he does. He always takes that, you know, <laughs> same thing with like microwave popcorn. So what are some foods yeah. that we think are good for us, but are actually bad for us? Yeah, so definitely there's there's quite a few out there. I think right now what's super trendy and I mean, I'm personally just like blown away with how many options there are now for milks. I don't know if at the grocery store you've seen almond milk, yeah. uh, soy milk, pea milk, banana milk, uh, cashew milk, oat milk, walnut milk, the list yeah. goes on. So all of these milks are trying to replicate cow's milk, whether it's taste, texture, nutrition facts, but they're just they're making us have this notion that regular cow's milk is bad for us and we need to have the almond milk and when you look at almond milk it's really just like one percent almonds and the rest is emulsifiers or artificial sweeteners water gums 
you know, additives and preservatives and things like that to kind of mimic that, that mouthfeel, the taste, the texture of real milk, but it's not healthier. It's very low in protein. Um, most of the almond milks these days have added in the calcium and vitamin D, but I think it's one of those things that people are just like running towards at full speed, these plant-based milks. And most of them for the most part are not very healthy at all. With that being said, if somebody does have like an allergy or something and needs an alternative milk or just wants one, there's a place for that. And there's some good ones out there, but for the most part, they, I would say stay away from those. Um, same thing with, you know, going down the ice cream aisle, I'll see all these alternative ice creams now, like keto ice cream or- Halo uh, Pop, is Halo Pop okay? Halo Top, I, think, I love Halo, Halo Top. That one's good, right? I like Halo Top, yeah. Yes, that's the one I, <laughs> but, one I have every time. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like, I'm not like, you know, going on a healthy grocery shop and I see the, I think uh, Halo Top or Enlightenment came out with a keto line. I'm not like, oh my God, this is a health food. It's keto. I just look at it like, oh, it's a lower calorie option than right. the others. I'll take it. Um, I just like the idea of eating a pint of something. Yeah. And it's like yes. 300 calories. So amazing. You know. Amazing. I love it. It's great. What about yeah. acai bowls? Mm. Are those so healthy that, or not healthy? That's going to be healthy if you make it yourself or you know what's being put in it. Because a lot of those places, they're going to put like this much acai in the blender with a cup of sugar and honey and I don't know, whatever they put in those. And then they top it with other really high calorie things like granola, more honey, bananas, more oatmeal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you'll end up having this acai bowl that instead of your healthy little snack or something is now 1600 calories. And oh, like, oh, but I'm eating healthy oh. acai bowls every day. Why am I gaining weight? Um, <laughs> and it's, it's for that reason, because they're just loading them up. But if you make them at home, you can do it. You can, you can make them a lot healthier. So mm. I know public sells like the frozen packs. I do it in the blender with some ice and uh, banana. The Vitamix is really good. So, are nuts good for you? Like nuts, like cashew nuts or almonds? Are those good for you? Absolutely, right, but all right, but portion all right. size is going to be very important. So, oh. for some things like almonds, the serving size it's like eight to twelve almonds, or you know whatever you can fit, like a small handful. Uh, so definitely eat too many of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the problem, right? Portion yeah. is the problem for everything, yeah. I would say, in America, right? And maybe Absolutely. how are some what are some tips to improve our portion control? Because that's something like the, the mindset is if I go to a restaurant and I leave the restaurant without feeling nauseous, I probably am not going to be happy. So how, how do we change that or fix that, at least in our minds or, or fix that going out to a restaurant or something? Yeah, so, oh man, I could, I could talk about this for the entire length of the podcast, but <laughs> I guess first, the first thing would be like, before you even get to the restaurant, like going throughout your day, like, let's say you're eating at seven o'clock at night. Um, you know, don't skip your food all day long thinking, ah, yeah, I'm going to go into this restaurant. I need to eat as much as I can still eat regular meals and snacks leading up to the dinner time. So when you do get to the restaurant for dinner, you're not like, you know, that feeling like, Oh my goodness, I got to eat everything. But what I if it's like Fogo to Chow? What if it's like Fogo to Chow and it's all you can eat? Those, I mean, yeah, those are much harder to navigate, but yeah. you know, you, all the things that, you know, that we hear, right. Drink water, 
fill your plate with vegetables, choose some lean protein, like four to six ounces, um, eat slowly, but really when going out to eat anywhere you go, and this is something that I'm really passionate is anywhere you go, you can find a healthy meal. Anywhere is going to have, whether it's a nice uh, side salad, lettuce, tomato, cucumber, carrots, you can drizzle some olive oil on it and throw some chicken breast on it or some salmon or some, you know, some turkey. They'll make it for you. Like literally anywhere you can go, you can find a healthy option. And then, you know, even if you're at like an Italian place and you want a big bowl of pasta, well, you can have pasta, have, you know, like a, a fistful um, and have a piece of chicken, have some veggies and, you know, say no butter, no oil, or just light on the oil. Um, if it's cooked in a cream sauce, like just say, maybe I can get some bread sauce and tomato sauce instead. So just kind of going into the situation, being mindful that chances are they're going to give you a lot of calories, but you can always, always, always find a way to eat healthy, even when going out to eat. I, th- I think that's so important. That's a, that's a very great point. You know, for our listeners, you know, like just because you're going, you know, you want to eat healthy, all that stuff doesn't mean you got to stop your like social life. Doesn't mean your life got has to be like just all at home. You right. know, you can go out to restaurants, still be with friends. Mm-hmm. You can you can do things to make yeah. sure that you you know eat healthy still. So I think it's really important for uh, a great point for our listeners. Yeah, and I never want anyone I'm like to feel deprived. So even if you are out and your best friend's having something that's amazing, like have a bite, have two bites, have three bites, have, you know, a little bit, but still have your, your lean protein, your salads, your complex carbohydrates. And, and that's the way you can make it like a lifestyle. And, you know, or let's say you go out to eat every single day, order a healthy meal most of the times. And then here and there have, what you want. If, if you're doing the right thing, most of the time you'll see the results. Yeah, oh, someone right. told me, someone told me once, no one's gotten obese by like when it's coming to the holidays too. No one's gotten fat by going crazy on one day on the holidays. Like it's just not the way it is. So like you can't, you don't have to feel bad about a one-time Thanksgiving binge or a one-time Christmas binge, but obviously these things pile up, like you said. So, so it's being mindful, which is really important. So I agree hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And to go off that also with Thanksgiving, like you said, even the research will show that just one overfeeding meal isn't going to really have any long lasting impact. Granted that the next day you wake up and you're back on track. I think what the most problem is, is when people get those leftovers and they keep eating and then (laughs) because they're eating all those good things, they want more. And then, and then Christmas, and then it's that compilation. But if you're, you know, eat pretty much healthy going into Thanksgiving, enjoy your meal, you know, don't eat yourself sick. Um, and the next day wake up, drink some water, go on a walk and back to regular your body's going to naturally regulate. Well, at least for most people, those hormones, the satiety hormones will kick in and um, metabolically, you'll be a little bit more active because you've gotten more calories. But usually for the most people, yeah, one meal isn't going to really have much of an impact at all. Now, would you bring up leftovers? I think that's an interesting point. In the last few years, one thing I changed is I made a rule for myself. Whenever I go to a restaurant, I don't bring leftovers home. Is that something that's okay? Like I literally, I'm like, I don't want to eat anything because it's like, this sure, is my okay. time to shine. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I mean, I love that, honestly. I mean, unless you're 
start wasting a ton of food. But <laughs> I mean, I do, I do like that concept of when you're home, you're eating healthy. And then when you go out, you enjoy yourself, have your meal and then send the rest, you know, to go. But out of sight, out of mind. So yeah, as soon as the unhealthy stuff comes in the house, like whether we think we're in control or not, it's there and it's tempting. So I definitely like, you know, that idea of not bringing home leftovers. All right, cool. Just saying, think about it. <laughs> Your mom would be disappointed that you're just wasting all this food, Justin. <laughs> Someone else can take it. Oh, that's true. All right, fine. Fair. That's fair. Um, so, you know, on, on, on Thanksgiving Day, I, you know, there's a lot of football. I'm going to be drinking some alcohol. So if I'm calorie conscious and I still want to drink, because I'm going to drink on, on Thanksgiving Day, what are my best and healthiest options? Good question. Yeah, this is something I think is really important to talk about. So light beers are always going to be okay. Um, really? Shocked. Well, it's probably better than regular beer, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. I don't know. But yeah, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, like the they have these beer in middle of ultra, I think. It's yeah, 55 yeah. calories. So, you know, it's going to be better to drink a 55 calorie beer than, you know, margarita that's, you know, 1200 calories worth of sugar and, and ah. sweets. Um, so I definitely you know, recommend that. Also just, you know, plain liquor with maybe some like, you know, vodka, Diet Coke or yeah. Crystal Light, something with no cal like adding a mixer with zero calories. Um, tequila lime soda are water. they the same amount of calorie like is it the same caloric intake like vodka versus tequila and whiskey are they like around the same do you know if i don't know yeah they're they're pretty much around the same like cool. i think like 50 to 70 calories per ounce but don't quote me on it yeah no, that's fine but as long as they're similar and like and wine has a lot of calories though right yeah yeah it, they all differ you know slightly i think even with champagne, Prosecco is a little bit lighter than, than that. They're all going to vary, but yeah, just choosing drinks without added sugars and make sure you know exactly what's in it and staying away from like margarita mixes because those can add up really quickly. They're so delicious too. Yeah. yeah. I really like, um, what's it called? Spicy Palomas. Have you guys heard of those? Oh, they're Ooh, those so are good. Ah! Those are they're delicious. so good. Yeah. That's like grapefruit juice too, right? It's grapefruit juice. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know some tequila, like you know one ounce of tequila, and then I'll just like squeeze grapefruit juice, um, some sparkling water, jalapeno, mm. lime, and then like sea salt around the rim. So everything in it is very light and um, it's like very refreshing and spicy. Quick question, then that that just reminds me, when we're talking about juices, like juices in like that you buy over the counter are not good for you, right? Like if you're gonna do juice, you want fresh squeezed juice, is that correct? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends. I think a lot of those like naked juices, have you seen those? Mm -hmm. I think so, yeah. Those are, yeah, those are really high high in calories. Um, and for the most part, yeah, they're all just, they've taken out the fiber and they you're just left with you know processed sugar. Well, not processed sugar, but Think of apple juice, for example, you look at it, one cup's 140 calories, 28 grams of sugar. That's a lot. Right, they're just taking an apple, slice it up and, and eat it, and that way you get some fiber and it hasn't been processed or anything like that. Or if you have a high speed blender, you can just throw in some fruit and make your own. But for the most part, yeah, I would say all of the juices in the juice aisle are 
pretty bad. And then in the, like the fresh food aisle, they'll have like the kombuchas and they'll have all those juices. Kombuchas, I'm definitely okay with. I enjoy those. Um, but a lot of those. I like kombuchas. Other juices are, are yeah, very high in calories. So on the note of drinks, because I just want to settle this right now, because, you know, you know, I'd always have lunch with Justin, and sometimes I was trying to be quote unquote healthy. So I'd grab the, you know, like it would say like forty gram protein shake, out of the, you know, it was like a pre made shake, and Justin'd be like, "That's unhealthy for you. Like it's got a lot of sugar." And I think he might be right. What What do you think about these pre made protein shakes? It had like twenty shake? grams of sugar in it. it I think it said twenty grams of protein. I'm pretty sure it said protein. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um, I love protein shakes. I think they're phenomenal. If you if you also had a meal that had like, you know, six ounces of chicken or something like that, then you don't really need it. But you're probably not storing it as fat either. Your body does a really good job at getting rid of the proteins without storing it as fat. It actually, like barely ever does store protein as fat. But so I don't mind them. Um, if you're having that protein shake like between meals, you know, let's say you had breakfast three or four hours later, then you have a protein shake three or four hours later, then you have your meal, probably be a little bit better uh, because who knows how, how much of that protein in that meal could be absorbed plus a drink. You may have had 70 grams of protein, so then it's kind of just like wasting it. Gotcha. So often protein drinks are not good meal, meal replacements. They're usually right. a supplement. Is that that's... Yeah, well, I would, ha I would have a shake if you're not having a meal. If you're okay. having a shake with your meal, chances are you're just going to excrete it out or not excrete it out, but just the benefits of having right. protein aren't really going to be put to use because, because it's just your body can only take in. Well, I think the science has been a little bit updated with this, but at one point they were saying like 30 to 40 grams of protein at a time. And then that's why we recommend spacing it out every three to four hours. So then you, you digest it and then you have another shake three to four hours you have a meal three to four hours so awesome all right so there's a lot of talk about you know we talked about a lot of dietary things and and choices but when we're talking about a lifestyle or a dietary you know a dietary lifestyle you know as doctors we see and we talk about about the mediterranean diet a lot mm -hmm. um which is, you know, I think it's mostly fish, it's, mm -hmm. it's fruits, vegetables, legumes. Um, but there's a lot of other ones out there. There's the low carb, there's Atkins, there's keto. Can you just yeah. give us a general comment on like, first, I guess, the, the, the value of the Mediterranean diet and maybe how it stands compared to these other things, whether they're good diets to follow or not? Well, yeah, yeah. The Mediterranean diet right now is definitely like the gold standard among researchers, dietitians, nutritionists, uh, physicians, and, and the literature does support it right now. It's like the healthiest diet you can follow. And it's very basic. It's yeah. Tons of whole grains, olive oil, you know, salmon, fatty fish, uh, much lighter on the, the red meats and the, the dairy actually. So just more, less processed foods, get rid of the processed foods, whole grains, low fat meats and, and olive oil, nuts and seeds and, and beans and lentils. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. Um, and across the board, it, it, it is shown to all those health benefits, even improving, um, you know, cholesterol. And I've seen it for, you might be better to talk about this 
Then heart I can, disease, but, everything. Um, yeah. Decreases heart disease, yeah. you know, diabetes, all that stuff, you know, weight loss, sus- sustaining all, <clears throat> all of that, all of that stuff. It's shown huge benefits in for sure. But yeah. what about keto? Cause I feel like mm. that's the, hot, that's like the hot. I feel like everyone's like saying, I think, Kevin, saying, oh, I we think Kevin did it. Kevin did it for a while. <laughs> He's done the intermittent fasting too. Yeah, I have done that too. Yeah. He's a believer in that. So what about those? (laughs) So I actually, in my my last job, I actually ran the keto program, but it was only for pediatric children with refractory epilepsy who failed two or more medications. And Mm. with that being said, you know, it it would for the most part, part stop their seizures. For people who look from the keto diet for me for weight loss, I'm just very much against it. I mm. just think anything that is too good to be true is there's a lot of risks associated with the keto diet. Um, aside from like the meta, like metabolic acidosis, like the medical stuff, higher cholesterol, things like that. It's just not effective. The reason why it works for a lot of people initially is because anytime you're taking a whole food group out, you're naturally reducing your calories and then you're going to lose weight. You know, if I'm eating 17 servings of carbs a day and then I take those away, I'm going to lose weight. Um, But with that being said, also something I should probably say is that people will see a lot of weight loss in the beginning. And it's because when we eat carbohydrates, our body stores them in our liver. Well, they use it. Our body uses the carbs for fuel. If not, we store it in our liver or our muscle as glycogen. And then glycogen holds water. So every one gram glycogen holds three to four grams of water. So basically when you cut off the carbs, you are dropping so much water weight so Mm, fast. So people will say like, oh, I started a keto diet three days ago. I'm in ketosis. I already lost five pounds. That's just they fully depleted their glycogen stores in their liver uh, and their muscle. And with that, all that water was just shed. So it's not so a real it's, body fat. It's it's fluid. It's, it's fraud. It's fraud. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And then there's also like the people are like, oh, I did the keto or the guy who is on keto ran the hundred mile marathon and he won. And I'm just like, it's such an outlier. Think of all the other Olympic athletes who are not following keto right. who are doing amazing. Right. You know, and he's and- also he's also like a baseline genetic specimen yeah exactly so these are all things to consider so thank you for debunking that um i think we're i think we're at our time limit here so i do want to really thank you kara for uh, joining us today this was awesome i learned a lot i think kevin's no longer gonna have these these crappy protein (laughs) bars i'm changing everything about it i'm gonna start snacking healthy at night not sun chips (laughs) anymore So uh, this was really great. Appreciate you coming on Um, to everyone listening. Please, uh, you know, you can watch us now on YouTube. Please download, subscribe to us on YouTube, leave a review, a comment on our, on our posts. Um, You can also listen to our podcast on any podcasting platform um, and download, subscribe, give us a review there. You can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to always reach out to Kevin or I on our social media platforms as well. Uh, until next time, thanks for listening for Kevin and Kara. Have a good one guys. Bye.